0: Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen.
1: Um, so Today we're having stories in strings, and um, thank you so much for that uh, specials, Bernard and Fragile. You know, the evidence is actually everywhere, even though sometimes in your life you may not be able to point it out. As human beings, we have this tendency. Once, we, are, once, we, are, once when we come up against tough times and we focus on it, we tend to forget every other thing. We tend to forget things to be thankful for. Like, hey, that space you are taking, somebody's lying in the hospital bed, begging God to have that chance to breathe. So we tend to forget all those things. That's why sometimes when people visit maybe the hospital or some places, everything just comes back. They're like, wow, I should be grateful to God. But really, you should be grateful to God all the time. That's why Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. You know, I like to say it like this. You know, he was in prison when he dictated that letter. He he dictated the letter of um, um, Philippians, the one we call the book of Philippians. So he was in prison. So in my mind, when I read it, I, I felt like as he was dictating in chains, in darkness, in that smelly dungeon. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And then the person who was writing was like, excuse me? Yes, yeah. again, I say, rejoice. I was like, no, 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 no. You should be praying to come out of here. I he said, Baba, rejoice in the Lord always. He got all, the, all those from studying David. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and be glad. Hallelujah. So yes, it's true. The evidence is everywhere. So um, make sure you start your own rumor because nobody encounters God for real and don't have stories to tell. Nobody truly meets Jesus and not, and is not transformed. There has been nobody like that who comes into an encounter with Jesus by his word or maybe by a vision and that is not transformed. One day the religious folks sent people to go and capture Jesus. So when they got there, he was teaching. They stayed there and listened. And God converted. They went back to the people that sent them Say, said, ah, I said, so where is Jesus? Say, said, nobody talks like that, man. They're like, we said go and capture somebody. You became his disciple. Say, said, nobody talks like him. Words. So this morning we're going to hear stories and how God has... Um, Strongest it, stories and strings, what God has done in their lives. Um, many times, the secret of people, the reason why people behave, the way they behave is in their stories. So join me and put your hands together to welcome one of our pastors here, Pastor Toby, and his wife, Maureen. So you have opportunity to perhaps even ask them questions. Thank you. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Please, please sit down. No, no, I'm not, I, I can't sit here. Okay.
0: All right. Good morning, church.
1: Yeah, good morning. So just, we can just, just take it off. Take it off. <laughs> All right. So tell us um, your story, how you began with, with God or with Jesus. No, I was born in a Christian home from, from childhood. I was a Christian, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. It's
0: always a privilege to, to be here. Uh, we don't take it for granted. I want to thank the leadership of the church and every member of the tribe. Thank you for coming. Uh, I am supposed to say my story in a short while. Okay, uh, there are so many parts to it. I would focus on the parts that have the most conflict and the one that faith has helped me to resolve. You know, when I was thinking about today, I realized that one of the biggest blessings you can have in life is that the thing that God wants you to do is the same with what your parents want you to do, and it's the same with what you want to do. If you have those three together, your journey will be quick, you'll be fast, you get to where you are going very quick. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes, those three things don't align, and they are in very different places. And it can cause delay, it can cause frustration, it can cause confusion. And for a long time, that was my story. Such that, And you know sometimes it's tough because God loves you, your parents love you, and hopefully you love yourself. (laughs) So, that conflict is always strong. Like Pastor Martin knows a bit of my story. I was born into a Christian home. Both my parents were always pastors, first in white-gaming churches, then they moved to Pentecostal pastors. So, uh interestingly i'm the last boy of six boys so for some reason uh you know our parents the, there are only four things you can be in life you can be a doctor a lawyer an engineer or a disgrace to the family <laughs> so, those are the only four options I, I, you know they can be accountants you know here okay we're managing. Well if you are not in that quadrant, you are not you're not a true son. So for some reason, my four, my five elder brothers ha- went into different things. You know, only a few of them were, you know, not disgraced to the family, quote So for some reason, perhaps because of my results and all of that, my parents insisted that I must be a medical doctor. And it's it's you know, it's okay. But by the time I got to 200 level, I realized that this is not for me. This is not for me. And my rebellion at that time was also born out of personal ambition. Yes, he, he, you know, a man, the Bible says no man knows the things of a man, except the spirit that is, with me, is in him. Yeah, so, so the spirit in me and all of me, my body, my soul knew that this wasn't for me, but to live was tough. I tried, you know, I started to do other things. Uh in me it was to write, in me it was music, in me it was soccer. So those were the things and all those things are not things that you can present to parents to say it is it, it makes absolutely no sense. So that life of conflict continued. I was uh disowned a number of times, maybe I think twice, and I don't know when I was taken back. It yes, just happened. So, the frustration didn't stop until sometime in twenty eighteen when I encountered the Holy Spirit. And what brought me into my encounter? Okay, I met Maureen in twenty sixteen, and when she met me, I felt all the problems in my life could be solved with money. I, you know, I at that time take a list and look, take a look at all my problems. I just, money can solve all these things. So. Uh, even if I'm going to God, I'm going to Jehovah Jireh. No, I, don't, I don't need all of God. I just need the one that provides. provides. <laughs> I don't. So the first time we had a quarrel, I was going to a church. They had a discipleship program. They also had a business school and they had a leadership program. So I attended the... I, I applied for all. See, interestingly, the discipleship program is free. That's the one that helps you know God. The business program is also free. The leadership one is paid for. I paid for the leadership. I finished. I paid for the business school. I finished. The one that is free, I couldn't get past the second week because they were talking about prayer, Holy Spirit. I'm like, this one that they ask us to do business plan, that's the one that I need. You know, so I, I kept following God for money until... It got to a time I just decided let me let me know God. Somebody introduced me to prayer, and I decided I wanted to know the Holy Spirit. So I started reading books on the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts that I have in life that I woke up and met is that I have the tendency to focus on something and try to do it extreme. I'm, I'm a bit of an extremist. If I'm quiet, I'm extremely quiet. If I'm loud, I'm extremely loud. So when I said I just want to okay, so I I listened to someone. They said god the father had his own dispensation god the son that's jesus came on earth and that was his dispensation and now we are in the dispensation of god the holy spirit and then they said the holy spirit can help you make choose the right you know business partner can help you choose the right school choose who you will marry and I'm like, okay so if we are in the dispensation of the holy spirit then it makes sense that i should know him now so i started reading books about him sometimes when you encounter God, he, would, he will redirect you. He, will, he, he knows what's best. So, in my studying the Holy Spirit, I, I started to get interested, you know. And I started to think beyond myself, beyond my personal needs. And someday in August 2018, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And how it happened is that I was just reading about the Holy Ghost, just listening to sermons, and then I'll pray. And then that night... The prayer changed when i was just supposed to start praying i ended up laughing for like three hours and that day was the beginning of a new journey one of the first dangerous things that happened is that i first of all lost all sense of ambition which is very dangerous because i called somebody who was the head of Rema bible institute in nigeria i said sir i know holy spirit is nice but i don't feel like doing anything in life other than just praying and reading bible First question he asked me was that Are you married? I said, No. I said, Okay, it's good for now. Say said, But over time. So when the Holy Spirit came, I started to have fellowship with God. I started to understand scriptures. One of the things that happened is that I realized that many of the things that we've learned in church are not true. You know, the many, many, uh, let me not give any example. Many, but it's a lot. It's an astounding number. It's an astounding number of how Bible has been misinterpreted to us, how God has been misinterpreted to us. So the Holy Spirit started to teach me some things. And then I started to find voices. They are scarce, but that bear witness to what the Holy Spirit was teaching me at the time. So I started to follow them. And after a while, that ambition, I seemed like I lost the Holy Spirit now started to bring his own and you know interesting thing why so many people run away from God is that people think that what God wants you to do is very different from what you are doing often times it's not so often times he just wants to rechannel what you're already doing in such a way that it can give in glory and be a blessing to people sometimes the way you do it is that you focus it inwards you try to build a house get a couple of cars and live a good life god wants you to be the light of the world so he just helps you to rechannel it so some of the things that i already wanted to do god now started to bring them back in a new perspective in a way that i know that it can truly bless the world and God now created that new ambition in me, a new vision—the thing that he, he really wants me to do. So here's what now happened with my parents. So by that, man, I now told them that this is what I'm doing. I'm not—I'm not going to complete this medicine thing. I'm not doing housemanship. I'm not—I'm not doing it anymore. So what are you doing now? Uh, um, okay, something in computer. So that's—that's that's the best thing I could say. So. I was like, okay, okay, I know some people that are doing comfortable. Even just do this messing for you know, my my parents bragged all over town. My son is a doctor, he says it everywhere. We go to a hospital, my name will change from Toby to Doggy, all of that. So, So I it hit him hard when I said, said no. So, that was the second discernment and all of that. But I now realized that as I started to walk with God, the Bible says that if a a man's way pleases the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So, of of course, before God gets to the enemies, my parents would have been at peace with me. So Suddenly, I think my parents went into a church service and a prophet accosted them and told them, first time, and told them that the thing that your son is doing is not what you want him to do, but leave him. Let him do it. Okay, So, that was the turning point, and you could even see my father's reluctance when he was breaking the news to me that oh brother like that, <laughs> so. and, you know, I thought that was going to be the end until I was about to get married, and then my father told me again that anybody that is not from our tribe doesn't want. Ah. You know, he was like, "You see, you've disappointed me here. you've Disappointed me here." Now, when it comes to marriage, I'm begging you. Father begged me with God, so I beg you with your creator. I'm like, <laughs> what kind of blackmail is this? So one day we came here at the tribe church. Uh, Pare came with his wife, and you know, his wife prayed and went to sit down. Pare said, No, 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 no! you're not disgracing me like that. You have to see something. So he gave him the mic back. And his wife said, there's somebody here you're about to make a decision that will disappoint your parents. Your father. He said, don't worry, do it. So what I did after that service was that I cut that part of it and sent it to all my brothers. I said, I was in this service and they were talking to me. <laughs> so, so that was the idea to so get, So the, the thing about my house is that if you can get all my brothers to back something, my parents won't agree, but they will have no choice. So when they saw it, they said, okay, are you sure it was you? She was looking. I said that direction, she was looking. That was... So, but, but more than that, I had my personal conviction. God had told me twice that. You know, so, in fact, it got to a time I went to pray about it after this. So my parents spent time with prophets. And prophets used to call. I had prophets that used to call me to say medicine is what God said. You should come and do from it. You know, and all of that. So when somebody told me that, I, I went to redemption camp to pray. And I spent like four days praying. Guess what? In all that time, I was going to pray to confirm if Maureen was the person I should marry. In all that time, God didn't even speak to me about her. By the fourth day, I now have to tell God, that God, boy, you know why I came now. All these things you are saying. God told me like 26 things. Well, they did not mention more. Well, you know why I came now. All these things. God said, I already told you. There are, there are other things to do. The other things I told you to do, you've not attended to them. Used I to said, okay. That. I said, okay, okay. In that case, you know, let's just move on. Now, here are the things that started to happen from that time, you know. My parents now aligned in a way, you know. Not, not peacefully, but they had to. Then I started to see rapid promotions. In the place where I was working, you know, I I was promoted to becoming a member of the board of directors, which is, you know, I'm sitting at a board where I can barely talk because the least person there has the least person there raised over eight million dollars for a big company in Nigeria. So this is me, I didn't finish medicine. I don't really have a certificate that makes sense in that yeah, MBBS. What's, what's, how does that help anybody? Yeah right uh, so you know, so but God just place to so say He can raise you from Mary Clea and set you yeah, He can raise you from anywhere and sit you among princes. God has this way of lifting people in ways that you cannot imagine. He just align with God. Once I've done that, my my life has been moving in leaps and bounds. In leaps and bounds, I got married. I'm fine. Work is going on well. It's been awesome. It's been awesome, and much more than that. I have this assurance in God that I cannot describe. I cannot explain. I cannot teach. I can, I can only just invite you to come to that place of rest and assurance with God, where. Is like a politician in a rigged election. The election has been rigged. So you see your opponent's campaigning, you two you have to show face so that it looks like you are doing something. But at the end of the day, it's, it's from a place of rest. I God magnifies my efforts. I, I don't do much. In, in that I don't know how to explain it. I don't I don't do very much, but the result is outstanding. because. God has put His hand on it. Hallelujah! So let me allow. All right, let's
1: hear from Adam. (laughs) Yeah, you can clap to that. That's that's amazing. That's what God does.
2: Hello. Hi. So a quick disclaimer: I'm an introvert. Really? Yes. I'm usually very uncomfortable doing things like this, but because God has to be glorified and. Of course, I have to share my own rumor, so that's why I'm here. Well, my name is Maureen, like you all know. Life can be very unpleasant when you come into life, everybody tells you what to do. You start with the doctors who say, push. they push and you come out. Your parents tell you you have to go to primary school, you have to go to secondary, you have to study this particular course, you have to do this, and you can go on like that for a very long time and have absolutely no idea why you're here. So that was my life for a very long time. I went to school. I did most of what my parents wanted. And then they broke up. Both of them said they were not doing it again. I think I was about five, five, six there about. So they separated. We ha- I, I lived with my mom at some point, then my dad, they were like, oh, can't do this. So they sent us to live with our grandparents. While I was with my grandparents, I have a younger sister. While I was with my grandparents, that was when I experienced my my first sexual abuse incest slash slash. An uncle abused me. Because my mom was not around, my dad was not around, I was not very cordial with my grandmom. So I didn't get to experience that grandma-granddaughter relationship, we were always at loggerheads. I don't know why. So I couldn't tell anybody for a very long time. It happened for a long time. One day someone the courage, I told my stepmom, because my dad eventually remarried. So I told my stepmom, this is what had happened. Somehow she told my dad, the entire family quarreled. <laughs> they said I was trying to spoil the family name, that I was not supposed to tell the story. I was not even supposed to mention it. They didn't believe me initially. Most of them didn't believe me initially. But of course, it was my story. I had to tell it and I had to give myself permission to go through my healing process. So they did some very traditional things, cleansing since it was incest. According to them, it was an abomination in my tribe. After that, nobody ever asked me, how are you? Nobody ever said, okay, how did you, how are you coping in school? I didn't understand that part of the reason why I didn't, I didn't used to be very comfortable talking in public was traced back to the experience. My academics was also very affected. I could be in class. You would ask a question. I know the answer. But I dare not st- step out to say it. I will write it down, give it to my classmates. They will answer and take the glory. So that was it for a very long time. And then I wasn't very close with God at that point. Just just go to church with grandma, come back, go to church with grandma. But I got older. I got into a church and pastor in, in King's Assembly. I love that church. So Pastor Chris constantly talked about how it's important for you to find your purpose, how it's important for you to get to know God for yourself. So that was where my intentional journey with God started. So I began to intentionally desire to know God for myself because both of what I knew were passed down information. And the more I got to know God, the more I realized, like he said, that those things were not practical. I wanted to know the God that I could tell that my leg is paining me and he would understand. I didn't want the God that I would, I would ask, they would say, don't ask him questions. And I don't want that kind of life. I ask a lot of questions. So I began to intentionally get to know God for myself. So God got to a point, God was like, okay, now you've known me to a particular point. Let's deal with your mess. Let's deal with your past. Let's deal with your experiences. So I got into that journey we call the personal transformation journey where God began to open up everything that has happened and the side effect of those experiences. That was when it dawned on me that, whoa, this thing is big. So I began to intentionally open up those wounds and I allowed God use his words and his power to heal me. So I began that journey for a long time. And I thought that my life was about to become very palatable, right? I went into school, studied English, and I came out. In 2016, Amjabas broke into my house in Port Harcourt. And that night, okay, back story. On the 15th of November, back, back story, let's rewind. In July 2016, I felt very sick and I almost died. And it was around that season I met Sobe. We were just friends. I entered one contest like that. The story of how we met is very interesting. So we became friends on Facebook. And then I felt sick. I went to the hospital. Doctors were not seeing anything. My mom said, hey, I'll come back home so you're not going to die alone in your house. So I went to my mom's house. On a Sunday morning, everyone went to church. I couldn't go. So I stayed at home, worshiping, praying. And then I had this conversation with God. I told God, if I die now, you're not going to benefit from my debt. The world has not seen half of what you want me to do. I know, I've come to understand that you placed me here for a purpose. But I have no idea what it is. This was 2016. God was like, we had a conversation that most of the time your purpose is really better from your experience. So what lessons have you learned that you can pass on to the next person? Begin to document it. So I asked myself, okay, what have I survived? I began to list out everything I've survived and how I've been able to pass through them. So God was like, okay, so why not use your sexual abuse experience to begin to help other people? coming to this place of healing and total recovery. So I began to document those processes. And I told myself that in 2017, that I was going to start. So I wanted to plan, register everything I wanted to do, make it prim and proper, dot all the T's and cross. Cross all the T's, be dot all the I's, right? In November, that same 2016, on the 15th, I made a post on Facebook that I needed graphic designers to help me out with what I wanted to do in 2017. So I got a graphic designer on that 15th who I told him I needed a logo and he agreed. He designed it. He sent me the logo at about 1.45 a.m. 16th morning, I was awake. When he sent in the logo, I saw it. Well, because I was having ovulation pains, I couldn't talk about it. I told him I was going to talk about it the next day. Then I called Toby. We had the thing where we used to talk every night. So I called him to tell him about the ovulation pain. So he was trying to get me to sleep. In the process of the conversations, that was when the robbers broke into my house. They stole what they did. That night, myself and my roommates got raped again. So I'm like, okay, this is 15th. I just designed a logo to start this NGO. Why is this rape experience happening? And the first Bible passage God threw at me was Romans 8:28. All things work together for good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. And quickly, the Holy Spirit told me, I hope you know what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to shut you up from what you're about to do. I'm like, is that how it works? He said, yes. He said, so you have two options. So before the robbers left, they told me that if I ever mentioned to anyone that I was raped, that they would come back and kill me. I could tell people that I was robbed, but I shouldn't mention that I was raped. That didn't click in my head. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. But of course, having the personal relationship I had with God, my lens for interpreting things was different. still very different. So I began to ask myself, so this experience has happened. What next? So the two options I had, keep quiet, don't talk about it, deal with the experience alone, or dare the devil, dare the robbers, dare myself, and tell my story. And that's what I decided to do. It wasn't easy. It was very traumatic. But one significant thing I know, I picked up from that experience, that from that day, God has practically taken me on a journey to help me uncover why a lot of things happen, why rape happens, why sexual abuse happens, implication, the long-term agenda of the enemy, and what what God intends to do with our lives and our testimony. The sum total of my life is There's really nothing God cannot use irrespective of how that painful experience is, irrespective of how you look at it, irrespective of the effects that has followed you for a very long time. Once you're able to submit it to God and delve into scripture, you're going to find solutions for every problem. Sometimes these answers you might find in scripture might not be black and blue. There were stories of rape in the Bible, but the stories of healing that I found were not found in the stories of the rape victims. But all of our answers here, in the Bible, in songs that we sing, in sermons that we listen to, I didn't have the opportunity to go to a therapist, but I had what I (laughs) call, I call it my own orthodox therapy sessions, where he knows I will stay at home some days, I'll be crying, I'll be dancing. I'll stay at home sometimes, I'll listen to sermons, I'll stay at home and I'll Keep replaying scriptures over and over and over again until I came into that point where I became very assured of the love of God that, irrespective of what happens to me, this guy is not going to leave me. When I mean guy, I mean God. This God is not going to leave me. The story is long. When the robbers came in and the rape happened, Toby was on the phone. We had just started dating. I became very scared that he was going to go, that he was going to leave. At some point, I tried to chase him away. As I said, in you know, as much as I knew that this rape thing has happened, I know that a lot of people cannot deal with it, least of all, you're on the phone when it happened. I don't want anyone to be with me out of pity. So I told him to just go, that we're going to be fine. But the stubborn boy refused. <laughs> he said, so because I had friendship i have i had community i had family and people who did not let me go through that process alone it was very easy for me to quickly um deal with that experience and just move on with my life like nothing really happened so if you're here anything is happening to you or you're going through any any phase that you have no idea what's going on speak with someone don't keep quiet that's what the devil wants once you keep quiet he has caged you your healing is tied to your mouth. Once you are able to open your mouth and tell your story, tell the next person, if you tell the next one that, one, that one did not listen, tell another person. Keep talking about it until you find someone who's going to help you through your healing process. Because the more you talk, the more you'll be able to find answers, the more you'll be able to find help. That's the long and short of my story. I hope it will wow. someone. someone.
1: Wow. Now, I'm sure that um, we have one or two questions, but let me just run a quick commentary, especially on her um, story, because many times when we hear things like this, if we're not, we we not correctly taught, or if we're not thinking correctly, we think, well, um, God allowed it to happen so that, no, God doesn't do that. James chapter one, uh, I was gonna read the scripture before they came up, but I guess while I was talking, I forgot, But. I want to read it now. It says in verse 13, when you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me because God is incapable. Somebody say incapable. incapable. And say, so When you say there's nothing God cannot do, he's telling you now, this is what God cannot do. Mm-hmm. Say so what God cannot do does not exist. This is saying it exists. He say God is incapable of being tempted by evil and he is never the source of temptation. Because sometimes you find stories like this in the bible and the um the people who narrated those stories narrated it in this light like god had to make this happen so that he can bring it to this place no that was their understanding that understanding is not wholesome according to james and according to jesus so then james went further to say in verse 17 every gift god freely gives us is good and perfect now let me read a commentary on what that perfect means i uh, mentioned the aramaic word used here is a tongue twister i say it means complete wholesome abundant sufficient enough and perfect so the word that was translated that god's gifts are perfect and good those are all these those are the synonyms and do you remember solomon said that the blessings of the lord does what the blessing of the lord does what and adds no, you understand so god is not the one who brings the sorrow who the sorrow who brings the temptation um one day somebody asked me about joseph and said but god had to take him through the you know they say in your life you must have ppp there's palace there's peace, there's i say it makes for a good sermon but it's usually not like that so god had to take him through the pits before no so i told them if if everything depended on god alone Joseph would have gone from coat of many colors to palace. That's usually God's design. God's design is not, okay, you know what? Since I have a great destiny for you, you'd have to suffer first so that you understand. No, that's not God's design. Now, the reason why those things happen is because we have people who are not perfect. We live in a system that is not perfect. We live live in a world where people are free to allow the devil speak through them, use them. And people are also free to allow God. So people give their choices, their power, their authority to either God or to the devil. Yeah. You understand? So, so if you are here, don't be afraid. So don't think that, okay, if you have a ministry of some sort, you would have to go through that trouble. I'm glad she was able to see the, the, the schemes of the devil. God was not part of it. God was the one who brought her out of it. Do you understand? Right? Yes. It, was, it was God who brought yes. you out. Yes. So yes. it wasn't God who took her into it but God brought her out of it because we live in a dark world but remember you're more than a conqueror you don't have to go through that you don't have to so God doesn't give those things God gives only perfect gifts amen so in case you're asking but if God was there why did it happen when you get to heaven or when you see him ask him alright so anybody want to ask questions questions you have questions for them for Pastor Toby or for Maureen. You, you, I mean, questions. She just told us her story, touching story, right? Wow, she had this, I mean, okay, go ahead. Please,
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so she spoke about you wanting to stay while she even wanted you to leave. Um, after the experience. So what was going through your mind? Why did you stay? Because
0: I asked someone um, a question similar to this some days back. Like, can I? And I was trying to be honest with myself. Can I really stay? If I was in the same situation. I I do not have an answer to, um, to this moment. So please, what was going through your mind? All right. Um... I'll do a short version of it. So God um, loves all my answers from God, so sorry. God them um, sticks with us. There's something that God sees in man hmm, that will make God decide to repair and restore a man than create a new one. It's because he is sure of what he has installed in man that. I can rebuild this. I can work with this to get to where I am. I had met her, I had spoken with her before the incident. So I had known her to a point before the incident such that I knew that the knowledge of God she has and the installation she has, the kind of things that she believes are the thing that I need in a in a partner for the future i want to build and unfortunately those kinds of things are one in a million so you should know that one experience is not enough to destroy it Hallelujah. god, god trust god you know if you know that it's god that made you there's something that manufacturers do to their product they've done a lot of stress testing and then they put it out and they know that. You know, Jesus Christ said, in this world you have tribulation. He said, but be of good share. I have overcome the world. So there's something that he used to say, in the end we win. Like I said, it's a rigged election. So the things that happen in between are not as consequential as the end. So I knew that regardless of what happens in between, I'm sure that she is the person that I need for my, for my journey. And... You, you cannot allow temporal things to affect a permanent decision or a mm-hmm. decision, so you must keep looking at the final picture. Yes, at the end, at seeing us together, at seeing mm. our kids, at seeing it. So the things in between don't matter. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, a short, yes. yeah, that's that's the short here. Yeah, that's good. Is. That's good. And you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> love, love is a choice. And yes. What Bible says about love in 1st Corinthians is that it wins everything. Mm. It will outlast everything. It will defeat everything. Love will win. Love in a race between love and tribulation love will win. In a race between love and faith love will win. In a race between love and anything anything anything. Love will wear out anything. And that is what made God become one, you know, to mm-hmm. do everything because love will come
1: on now. In the end. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's, that's really beautiful. Okay. Any other question? Well, somebody has, somebody else? Oh.
2: Okay. So it's Maureen. And I was going to say, you said when it happened that God gave you the scripture, like all things work together for your good. But what ran through my mind once he said that, I was just like, was that enough then? Like, at that time? Yeah, it was. Because the scripture didn't just appear from nowhere. I've lived with that scripture prior to that experience. Remember, I had dealt with the previous experience and I I had a lot of scriptures. But that one for me at that point was super enough because it was no longer just head knowledge. It was born out of experience. I had dubbed, I had studied that scripture so much that you know when you can, when you suck out juice from an orange, that scripture I had sucked out the juice in that orange. That when I was hit with that experience, it was enough for me to say, oh, okay, this is there. God, in as, much as I'm still I'm still hurting. as much as I'm still going to go through this process, but I have a firm assurance that you're still there. I know I'm not going to go through it alone, but at least I have your words to help me take the first step. So for me, it was enough. And I believe that my end was already perfect. It just needed that confidence and boldness to take the first step and believe that God is going to hold my hands through the process. So it was enough for me.
1: All right, we'll take one more question because we're out of time. How many more? Okay, just Toby. All right, because we're out of time. But just um, uh, to say this quickly, um, do not wait for life to happen before you begin to find answers. Yes, sir. No. Right now, stay with God's word. Some of the, some, sometimes the victories we enjoy, especially when terrible things in life happen, is because we had... Um, we had been built beforehand. We had prepared, not like we were preparing for the, for the battle, but before the thing happened, God had prepared us because you know, God sees, God knows the end from the beginning. You get, so um, God can help you navigate every murky waters. God can do it. As, if you align with God, God can bring you to your final destination without all these um, evils. But at the same time, if you come across them because at one point he said to the jews say you will go through the fire but i'll be with you it won't burn you do you understand because hey, this is that's where we are right now that's why jesus said from the scripture he quoted john sixteen thirty-three: um, be of good cheer; i have overcome the world what he said is i have subdued it of its power to harm you i've brought it down i've overcome the world so this it's now you need to build up yourself so if you're hearing, you're reading all these bad news, all these things happening all around the place, no, fortify yourself in the word of God and say, no, nothing will be able to defeat you because you are more than conquerors. And then when life happens, because it may happen to so, so, so many people, when it happens, how would you come out? If you squeeze an orange today, you do not get watermelon juice. Right? Yeah. yeah so it's the same thing. It's the principle of life. What so you sow? You reap. All right, next question.
3: So my question is for Toby. Um, so it's in relation to when you when you spoke about how you moved from medicine into something that has to do with computer sharp, <laughs> <laughs> and um, when you got promoted to the position of being on a board with a bunch of people that are essentially, from a human point of view, they exceed what you've done. So m- my question is, how exactly do you navigate? that space where you know fully well that you're in a your room whereby it's kind of like a David situation really actually when you think about this whereby you're seeing everybody that is fully armoured and you're essentially just the only one that is fresh off the boots not knowing fully well how to navigate lots of things so because it's something I'm going through as well and how do you how are you able to navigate through those things and how are you able to not sell yourself short essentially yeah Okay. Uh,
0: there, there, there are two parts. There are two parts to the answer to that question. So I will start from the hard one. That's on the role of the person. So sometimes uh, God can lift you in such a way that you now know that you have a lot of catching up to do. You have to learn on the job. So one of the things that I do is I read wide. I study a lot. I try to understand the process such that um, every time I see something, I make sure it's very valuable. So after a while... So you know when you are first in the room, there's a tendency for people to ignore you. And in fact, in the first board meeting, I was pretty much like a chair. And it was fine because... Spent time to listen because I now realize that it's almost like a court session. It was always a uh, you know, another who has seconded the Okay, so I have to go and read up on how board meetings go, what happens there. So, but one of the things is that I, I made sure you know, the Bible says that if somebody is diligent, he will stand before kings. One of the things I made sure that I knew everything that I had to do with the business, such that now. Every redesign we have to do in every sector, they must call me. So The press conference we had, I spoke more than half of the time, even though the chairman was there and the CEO was there, because they trusted that this guy knows it now. So I spent time to read it, such that before you finish an idea, I can tell you the step three, step four, step five of the idea. I'm like, okay, yes, that's true. So by the time I'm able to do that for everybody, Next time they want to say something, they want my opinion. And that has started to change the paradigm in the place. As to selling myself short, the only thing I normally do is that I don't really ask for anything. I just show my value and show what I can contribute and leave them to make the decision. Trusting the Holy Spirit that it will help the rest of the decision. Because I am not in a position to make requests. But what I can do is to show myself extremely valuable. And that one is up to me to do. The one of what I get in return, I leave that to God. I really don't ask for a type of salary. I don't ask for a type of anything. And for some reason, God comes through on that part. So the part, my part, is to show myself very valuable. Study, study to show yourself approved. Study, read, bring insightful contributions and everything. As to ask I leave that for God, and that's the way I've been doing it. I, I hope that helps.
1: <laughs> thank thank you for that, for that sense. So even though God has prepared something for you, uh, you you also have to prepare yourself for that thing. You remember when after Joseph interpreted the dream and preferred the solution, when he was invited to the palace, what did the Bible say he do? He did. He shaved. It was but in their culture. And in their religion, they don't—they keep beards. They keep long beards. It's part of their worship. But when he was, he was going to the palace of someone else who doesn't answer to his God, so to speak, he shaved, clean shaved, and shaved his hair. So he became like an Egyptian. That's sense. <laughs> That's sense. Otherwise, they would have just... No, no, this one is... No, no, okay, give us a solution from outside. Uh, okay don't thank you for bringing it anytime they need him they'll bring him from prison uh, what did you what do you think about this thing you answer yeah, go back go back mm-hmm. praise the lord all right so that's it but i was thinking somebody would ask this question he already said his own how he knew you know she was his wife so I, I would ask that that would be the final question so how did you know even though how did you know that he was the one that just you know he said he knew and then he went to pray about it you get so please how did you know okay
2: okay so for me i had done an extensive study okay because of my background because of how my parents were i had done extensive study on marriages done extensive study on love as a concept and love as a person i had done extensive study on how to choose the right partner, what God expects, what I want. So when he came along, I didn't begin to study him. I didn't, we didn't start out dating. We started out as friends. And because I already knew what I was looking for, if you are not
1: from club that they enter dance <laughs> <laughs>
2: so i because i already knew what i was looking for it was easy for me to pick someone that i was going to be that close with before offering to give the person my heart so it didn't begin with him as a person it began with me as an individual mm-hmm. where am i going what do i want what am i doing with God on this journey i ha- then i had to realize the kind of person i was going to bring into my boat Because I knew I was going to be flying. I did not want somebody to come and say, Maureen, don't fly. Right? So so I didn't want someone that was going to say, Maureen, don't fly. You're just supposed to be quiet. You're not supposed to do this. I needed someone that I could accommodate. That's someone that could accommodate my dream. Because I knew what God put inside of me, Sha. So I did not want anybody to come and say, okay, no, you're supposed to be a wife. Don't talk. So based on that, based on what I knew, based on where I was going, I began to choose. I chased quite a number. Mm. I chased them away. Because I didn't take certain... So I had my... Um, the boxes were divided into two. Wow. I had some things I called my negotiables. I had some I called my non-negotiables. Those ones are my negotiables. Oh, if you're not so tall, it's okay. If you're short, okay, that's okay. Right? But I had those ones that I called my non-negotiables. No matter who you are, no matter how you look, if you don't fit into those things in my non-negotiable box, sorry, I can love you and I love you by myself. You mean I mean choose, Right? So, Because I knew that love was a choice. I had to intentionally choose the kind of person I wanted to be. So when he came along, it wasn't so stressful for me. But right? I was coming from a level of revelation, a level of knowledge and understanding wow. of where I was going. So it was easier for me to say, okay, this works, this works, this works. Okay. And anyone I said that was not working, we should to call it, okay, not call it a person. Anyone I said that is not so strong, but I knew that is something you could develop, I will tell you. So we had that journey. So it started for me as a person, what I wanted, where I was going, and then he came along. So it was very easy for me. I
1: think that's very fundamental. So let's clap for that. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. I'm sure we have learned um, a thing or two from them. So yes, brothers and sisters, please know where you are going. Otherwise, when you get there, you won't know. No, no, it's true. Now, if you don't know where you are going, when you get there, you won't know. So have constants and variables. That's how we used to call it. They say there's constants, there are constants, then there are variables. So she had non-negotiable and negotiable. So let's just thank God for these guys. Let's, um, let's speak God's word to them. Their lives will continue to remain and or continue to shine as light and their testimonies will, be, will stand forever. It will be from glory to glory. They will accomplish what God has set for them to accomplish. And their dreams will grow ever bigger. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for these testimonies. Thank you for many more glorious stories in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can log on to thetribelagos.com
0: or email us at hello at the tribe Follow us on
3: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the Tribe Lagos. God bless.